Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and I'm here with the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. Today is truly a pleasure for me because I get to interview and chat with someone who has been a friend of mine for, my goodness, I think probably close to 40 years, 35, 40 years. And I have admired her for so many years, and it's such a pleasure to see where she's at in life now um, and to be able to also reminisce on things of our good old high school days and days of past. But I'm here with Representative Melissa Garf Ballard, commonly and lovingly known as just Melissa. She likes to go by. But I want to tell you a little bit about Melissa, first of all. She um, is from Davis County. She has a really interesting background with her high school experiences and with music. She is an amazing musician and pianist and um, first got her degree at the University of Utah where she graduated with a bachelor's degree in piano performance. And then she also has a master of music in piano performance and accompanying. She was the founding chair of the University of Utah's School of Music Advisory Board and the Camaretta Awards. In the community, Melissa managed her professional piano studio for more than 23 years. She is such an exquisite pianist. She um, played at my mom's funeral, and I was so incredibly moved by her gifts and talents that she shares, I know, with so many people. Recently, she released an album with the Centaur Records, um, and in her volunteer world and life, she is the co-founder of the Salt Lake Cap Head Start Advisory Board, supporting hundreds of kids at, that are at risk and low incomes, she has served as a volunteer and organizer for Utah Schools, Boy Scouts of America for 10 years, and has lectured extensively at Utah Music Teachers Association and serves on the, on the Utah Natural History Museum Advisory Board. As I mentioned earlier, she is a Utah representative as a legislator in the Utah House of Representatives. She has served on a variety of committees, and I want to share them with you because it shows the vast impact that she has on the lives of so many Utahns. She served um, on Higher Education Appropriations Committee, Public Education, Transportation, Criminal Justice and Law Enforcement. She's the chair of the Utah Marriage Council, the Utah Education Commission, and also on the Western Interstate Commission for Higher Education. She is the mother of six children and married to Craig Bowen Ballard, who was actually a good friend of mine in high school and college. And I like to take credit that I introduced them, but I think there's my, our good friend is also taking credit for that. Together, they recently presided over the Oregon-Portland mission from 2014 to 2017. So with all of that that she has to do, she was able to find time to be with us today. So Melissa, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be with you, Erin. Yes, I give you the credit for Woo! my husband and I meeting each other. So, <laughs> yes. Our sweet little friend, Buff. Yes. <laughs> we'll send this podcast to her. A blind date through a blind date yeah, is how we met. Yeah. So, yes. Well, I'm so happy to have you here because it's going to be fun to talk with you and ask you questions I've never been able to ask before. And I've known your family and you for so many years. One of the things that I'm really interested in 
I'd like to better understand um, your adventurous side, your courageous side, because you and I grew up in Davis County in the 70s and 80s, and you know, it was pretty isolated then from Salt Lake and from other parts of Utah, and we had our little bubble in, in Davis County. And then you go off to England, you um, travel the world, you've done so many things. You've, you're a House representative, you decided to run for the legislature. What do you think it is that has made you so courageous in your life choices? That's an interesting question, Erin, because I love life and I'm flexible. I, I'm always open for a new adventure and for what life brings. You never know what challenges are going to come your way, but also opportunities. And I think throughout my life, as different opportunities have come about, I have found things uh, to step forward in being part of or being willing to say, why not me? Or being willing to reach out and really discover the beauties of the world, but also what we can learn from the past and also to see what people are doing presently. So the, the world has fascinated me, but I've never been afraid to be part of it. And I, I think that's probably the adventurous mm -hmm. spirit that you are asking about um, in, in my life. I love that when you said, um, I want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly, when I think about all the elements that I've seen you in from family to volunteerism to your, um, your work in the legislature, when, I, I just see that for sure, that engagement, that living, that zest. Do you think that, that your other family members had that same type of, was it something you were raised with as values from your parents or was it something that a couple of you had, this, this kind of adventurous side? What do you, what do you think? You know, I'm the middle of five children, and I think being in the middle explains a lot <laughs> of my uh, desires to want to make sure that I've got a spot um, and, and places to go and things to do. But I, I can't speak for them, but for me, I've just always uh, been part of the solution. And I do think I got some of that from my parents. Mm -hmm. um, they are not complainers in the community. They are the ones coming up with solutions and being willing to put forth their foot and, and being able to, to be part of it. And I think back towards many generations, actually, I've, I've got ancestors uh, who have been uh, the mayor mm -hmm. of Draper City. I'm actually the fifth person in my family who's been in the Utah legislature. Uh, my father, my great-great-grandfather, and my great-great-great-grandfather in different sides of the family have all been in the Utah legislature, so I'm the fifth. And I think that is really because it is a culture of a family to say, what else can I do and how can I contribute? And that's really part of coming up with solutions rather than being the complainers. And I think that's an important culture that that at least I feel like I've been, I've been raised with, mm -hmm. but willing to say, what else can I do? Being that hand raiser. Yes. Yeah. First female. A second female, actually. Oh, is that right? Yes. My great grandfather and his sister served at the same time oh, in the Utah legislature. Gosh. So Royal Brigham Garf and Thelma Garf both served um, in oh, 1939 together in the Utah legislature. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So I want to tell you about a little memory I have 
and that speaks to kind of how how much not only did I um, respect you early on, but how that has even grown. One of our first, first meetings in high school early on, I remember someone introducing us. We were in the front hall lockers of Woods Cross, and I looked at this beautiful woman with, or girl, young woman at this time, and you had this long, like Rapunzel blonde hair and these blue eyes and lovely smile. And then I thought, well, she's got to be mean. She's going to be a mean girl. One of the sweetest people I had ever met in my life. So genuine. And then I find out she's super smart. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I don't, I think I want to hate this girl. She's Aww. smart and so kind and so beautiful. And you were such a good friend to me early, early on. And I gravitated towards you. And I know that now as a public figure, many people look to you and look to you for guidance. What what do you feel could be as a as a representative of your district and also trying to do the best for for Utahns as a whole? Um, what is it like when you meet a challenge that you personally maybe you're not sure on or you do have a, a feeling on, but your constituency is giving feedback that they want to go another direction? What is that like? I mean, that would to me put a lot of pr pressure on me. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, one woman called me and she said, nobody is planting trees. Why is no one planting trees? Mm -hmm. And my response was, I would love to connect you with Ivory Homes. They're in the process of planting 40,000 trees. Mm -hmm. Just because you don't know that it's happening doesn't mean it's not going on. Good point. So I feel like as a legislator, because I am in circles where a lot of conversations are taking place. I feel like one of my, the important roles that I have as a legislator is to be the source of information. Uh, it doesn't mean I know everything, but it does mean that I know how to connect people for those answers. And I think that's an important uh, responsibility that we have because there is so much going on in Utah. So many people collaborating, not just among the legislature, but in cities and towns and communities and organizations. There's so much going on. And if I don't know, I'm the first to say, I don't know, but let me connect you with someone who does. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind is because you don't know that it's not going on doesn't mean that the effort isn't there. Mm -hmm. I'll give you another example, and that is with air quality. Mm -hmm. We look at the air and think, this air in Utah is so bad, nobody's doing anything. Well, there's a lot going on. It's actually, we've had a tremendous improvement over the last decade, especially. Mm -hmm. We cannot control the smoke that comes from California. Right. That I don't have control over, but there's a lot of things that are taking place and so many people collaborating. I'm actually involved in a number of things in improving the air quality. This next legislative session, I'm talking about freight switchers and, and short rail in Utah being able to go to zero emissions or encouraging heavy machinery and heavy duty trucks to go to zero emissions. And that can be either in electric or in hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a huge collaborator actually, not just in Utah, but across the country and um, internationally of touting Utah as really being a hydrogen hub of the crossroads of the West mm -hmm. for retail and wholesale distribution because all hydrogen applications are actually zero emissions through the tailpipe. 
And so those, that's just an example. I'm not a chemist, I'm not an engineer, but I'm a collaborator. And so I'm really good at the big ideas and collaborating with a lot of people and letting them run with it of, of those ideas of saying, how can we work together to connect the producers all the way to the manufacturers and distributors and consumers. And suddenly I've, I've become uh, the go-to for hydrogen, not because I'm the engineer, but because I bring people together to come up with the solutions. And it's been really exciting actually to be part of the solutions to improve Utah's air quality. It's been exciting. Well, that goes right back to the hand raising and problem solving um, discussion that we were having earlier, right? step up, figure out how to come up with a solution, rally the players and the people together that you can connect with that are the experts to come up with that. And that sounds so like you, it really does. I think it's gotta be so um, stimulating intellectually. Listening to you talk, I'd be like, wow, she's an engineer. I know. <laughs> but I bet there's some, it's been really fun to, in the legislature, to listen and get statistics or information on such a diverse range of topics from experts that maybe you never would have heard from if you had not been serving our community. That's correct. We, we are in uh, committees and uh, commissions that, uh, that that is their primary role. I'll give you another example. I am on the, I'm actually the vice chair of the Higher Ed Appropriations Committee. Mm -hmm. And in the last three years, there's been a tremendous change in the trajectory of the perspective that higher ed is taking. We now have a new commissioner, David Wilston Hume, and we've been uh, great in collaborating in really changing how higher ed it works across institutions for articulation for students to be able to go from one institution to another and have their credits transfer, but also efficiencies of, of really looking at how can the higher ed institutions partner together instead of paying for the same um, programs right. over and over, over again, how can we group together? And, and that has actually been something I focused a lot on in my legislative approach in, the, uh, in overall government. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for government to tell us, for example, as citizens, you slow the water flow that you, that you use, but it's another thing for uh, government to be responsible. So I've actually done a lot of government efficiencies, whether it is in water usage mm -hmm. for municipalities and water districts, or whether it is any entity that receives funding from Utah. Uh, I've actually passed um, some legislation that really requires any entity, whether it's public or private, to be more accountable for how they're spending. So that's really a, a process now that they have, instead of saying, here's the money we want and uh, here has how we want to spend it, it's really accounting for how did we spend it and are we setting goals to make our dollars really efficient. And that government efficiency for me is really important. I feel responsible as a legislator to make sure that that government use of funds is responsible and transparent and efficient. So I, I'm not an expert at everything, but I do look at a bigger picture and making sure that government is, is really taking that accountability and responsibility. Um, I even applied that to education. One of the first bills I ran was allowing for the information systems across all of our school districts and charter schools that they could have the same information systems or within the same 
two or three um, systems. And if they opted into those, the, the schools would, um, the school board would pay for their IT system oh, wow. um, instead of everybody paying for their own vendor. And it's that legislation actually has saved Utah taxpayers $5 million a year. So wow. I, I tend to look at a bigger picture and ask the experts to help put the details together. And so that's what I've enjoyed doing and being part of the legislative process, but also governmental process of, of really just helping all of us to use our, our funds wisely and be accountable for that. The accountability, the efficiency, the stewardship, absolutely. Well, I wanna shift gears a little bit and talk about your kiddos. So you have six. I do. I know. You have six kids, I Melissa. Have six kids. That's actually my primary role when people say, what do you know. do? Right. I'm the CEO of six kids exactly. and two dogs. There you go. Yeah. The first four are married yeah. and I have two still at home, 17 years and 19 years old. And I have a grandbaby and oh one gosh. grandbaby on the way. So that is just my favorite part of life. Oh, for sure. For sure. So tell me your kids, now that they're moving into adulthood. What would you hope that your legacy, that they might finish the sentence, my mom is what? What would they say? I hope that they would say that my mom is, doesn't know everything. <laughs> They'll <laughs> but, say that for But sure. she, she works hard to listen mm -hmm. and she works hard to encourage us to be our best self. Um, I have a quote that's almost constantly in our home from Abraham Lincoln that says, whatever you are, be a good one. Mm -hmm. And we've tried, my, my husband and I, Craig, have tried over the years to encourage them to be their best self, that it is not comparing one sibling to another or comparing what I've done. I don't expect them to walk in my shoes. I expect them to take their own gifts and abilities and become their best selves. Mm -hmm. That's really the most important part of life. Make the decisions and uh, that, that really help them in different stages of their life to, to become who they can be because of their strengths and also because of their weaknesses, to take their opportunities and their challenges and who can you become the best that you, the, the way that you can. Mm, I love that, love that, good parenting. Oh, right we try, there. right? I don't know. Why, where were you when my kids were younger? No. Oh. <laughs> Well, speaking of, um, the last part of what I wanna speak about a little bit today, kind of, I think, embodies a lot of who you are, which is sacrifice for others. And whether it's for your children and, and helping them to move forward and find their own path, whether it's for Utahns. Um, but I do know you've done quite a bit of volunteer work and I'd love for you to speak a little bit about, you went on a mission, and I'd love to hear about that transition of picking up and going and doing it out of love and sacrifice. I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, during 2014 to 17, we served uh, in, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mm -hmm. uh, over almost 700 missionaries. So we left our home here in Utah and left everything. And for three years, we're full-time helping these young missionaries ages 18 to 20 something. Mm -hmm. And it was in Portland, Oregon, which is a very different mindset than we have in Utah. 
And we loved helping each of them learn how to love the Lord, how to love being covenant keepers, and how to serve others. And in that process, our children had to pick up and be in a different place and be in different circumstances. And I think you always learn a lot about yourself, but you learn that life is not all about you. It's really about, at the end of the day, what you're willing to give to others and love others for who they are and help them at whatever point they are in life to see where is it that they want to go? What do they want to become? They can choose to to take their challenges and do it by themselves, or they can choose to have the Lord help them. And that's really what our mission embodied was that question. Do you want to do it alone or do you want to have the Lord's help? And each of those young missionaries came from all over the world. We had missionaries from New Zealand and Europe and the Polynesian Islands and Taiwan and Korea and Canada and all over the United States. And regardless of their background, uh, if they were converts themselves or whether they uh, were, were born a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they were all there for the purpose to really study the, the life of the Savior Jesus Christ and to teach it. And in order to teach it, they had to know it. And we wanted them to know, re regardless of where they would be in their life, that their covenants were the most important thing. And that willingness to sacrifice for the Lord, really it becomes not much of a sacrifice. You give a little and you give a lot and you receive a lot from the Lord. And so I appreciate you bringing that up because really that's been a central part of our life mm -hmm. is, is following um, the steps of our Savior Jesus Christ. And with that example of giving your life to the betterment of others is something that I grew up with. I remember my mother saying, you can't just educate your children. You have to educate everyone around you because that raises the whole community. And so I think that's what my parents have done mm -hmm. in giving so much towards education in the state of Utah, it particularly is to really elevate our whole community and our whole state in being able to help the families and people around us and that's a, a principle that that we we know that as as we give more to those around us, it it benefits um, the whole, and that's really what what life is about. It's what being in the legislature is. It's what being a community community member is. It's being a family member. It's what can we do to help and uplift uplift those around us. And really, again, going back to that quote from Abraham Lincoln: "Whatever you are, be a good one." And that is what I hope that, that my life embodies is helping others to become their best selves. Well, definitely in my opinion, that's what I think of a very faith-based, altruistic um, person that I love so much. And I'm so happy you were able to spend time with us today and for all that you do for your neighborhood, your children and our broader community. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Erin. It's so good to be your friend for so many years. <laughs> Here's we've, so many years. We've been, we've, we've served a lot, including yeah. at Head Start. Yep. Um, yep. That was really a, a great gift for both of us yeah. to be able to serve our community and those families in poverty and at need. And, yeah. and you gave such great leadership to that organization, and it was fun to do it with well, you. Thank you. Ditto. 
Well, that is all we have today for our We Hear Her podcast. Thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.